when I get done speaking, if they're talking about me, I did a bad job. But if they're talking about themselves and thinking about themselves, then I did a good job. Win Monday. Today is a special day. Today is a day of hope. Today is a day to find a way. Thanks to our upcoming guest, Meryl Hodge. And Meryl and I, we've been ripping up the speaking circuit as of late. And so we formed a friendship, which brought us here today to this conversation. And the world largely knows Meryl for his legendary NFL days, running back most notably for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Many also know him because he's a familiar face on ESPN from SportsCenter to NFL Live and beyond. But it's his message of find a way that carries him through every day now and going forward. Because as you're about to hear, He's fought through countless adversities and setbacks and circumstances, including cancer, where he didn't know if he'd make it, but he found a way. And today is your day, thanks to Merrill, to find a way. So if you're looking for a deeper sense of hope, this is that conversation. Merrill, on behalf of the Win Monday Nation, welcome to the podcast, brother. Paul, it's good to be with you, my friend. Excited. Yeah, man. Super fired up. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about our mutual connections and relationships. I'm stoked that our paths have crossed, you know, and I I know you from the playing days and obviously the media days in the sports world, myself on the business side, but really just to introduce you to our entire Win Monday Nation, there's three words that signify who you are. Really, it's just a part of your spirit, man. It's how you attack each day. Those three words being find a way. Now, if I'm listening in, there's many folks that those could just be words on the wall. Right. But for you, they're life-changing, they're life-impacting. So where did this spirit of find a way come from? Like, is there an origin story? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, those, those words have helped me live a dream and fight to live. But they were just supposed to help me live a dream. And, and, and a lot of in between, quite honestly. But the journey does start with living a dream. And it started as an eight-year-old kid who was asked one day, which everybody probably listening to you at some point has been asked this, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Now, I always have to paint a picture of 1973 or even 1977, but we'll start with 73 because that's when I was eight years old. Not everybody had televisions. You know, it's not like it is today where you walk in and there's televisions everywhere. You go out to eat, you see everything. So not everybody had televisions. And uh, we had a rule, uh, even though we had a television, we had a rule on Sundays. You couldn't watch television, had to be off. That's why I used to love to go to my grandparents' house. They always had their television on. But shortly after being asked, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? I didn't know. I'm eight years old. I don't think many eight-year-olds know what they want to do. And I wasn't discouraged by that. You know, I think that was the first thing. Because the first thing I was intrigued by that, I was like, wow, I I don't think about that. Now, I'm going to just fast forward to kind of there's certain moments in truth in my life that that has led me to these words. My grandparents always had their television on. That's why I used to love to go there. I remember you'd walk in their door. There's a little landing, two steps. You walk in the kitchen. You look to the left. There's television. Well, it's shortly after hearing this. I walk in there, step up the stairs, go on the landing, look to the left. Bam. There it is. It's football on television. I've never seen football on television. I've been doing it in the backyard. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I'm going to do that. I'm going to play in the National Football League. Well, another thing I heard a lot as a kid, people would say, hey, write your goals down. Put them in your room. It's where you start and end your day. Yep. And I love that idea. I thought it was a great idea. Actually, I tried it, um, but I had a problem. 
couple problems, actually, a little brother and a bunk bed. And everything always got torn down. So I could never keep it up. That's why I used to pray diligently every night that one of both of those things would disappear. But in the interim, I used to lay, I used to get to bed at night and I used to just daydream about if I had my own bedroom. Like there was one thing I'd always envisioned because I'd hear, write your goals down. And I'm like, man, it, the best thing to have in a bedroom then is a wall of cork. I'm like, man, if I ever had my own bedroom, I just want a wall of cork because then I could pin all my goals up. I had all kinds of goals. I, I kind of believed that as a kid, I envisioned this, like one goal would lead to another goal would lead to another goal. Yep. And there'd be these steps. Now at the top, we'll sit, I'm going to play in the national football league. Well, we'll fast forward a few years later. My dad announces this concrete basement we had. There was our playground in the wintertime in Idaho. We're going to be converted to two bedrooms, a family room, and an office. One of those bedrooms is mine. I asked him right away, could you make a ball of cork? Yeah, cork. He said, why? I explained. He said, we'll see what we can do. I don't get a guarantee, but I decide I'm going to write down all my goals. And I'm going to put the main one at the top, which is I will play in the National Football League. My favorite team was the Pittsburgh Steelers at the time. My favorite player was actually Walter Payton. For the Chicago Bears. So I cut a picture of both those guys out, the team and, the, and Walter. And when my room got done, I walked in and the wall that I would have made a wall of cork was white sheet rock. But to my right, my bed would bumped up against a chair rail. And there's three panels. Of, it was, there was a chair railing, wood below, pan, um, cork above. It's not an entire wall, but man, it's big enough. And I jumped up and I pinned that goal up there. And this is where that moment of truth happened. What I call it a moment of self-reflection that I've done many times. It's a principle in my life. I think it's a value that everybody does. That moment of truth, you open yourself up and you ask yourself questions like, are you doing your part? Are you getting everything out of your God-given abilities? And sometimes it is, did you do your part? And then sometimes it's making a commitment. And when I'm sitting there looking at that goal, I start thinking about all the things people have said to me when you said it could be words on a wall. Well, yeah, I'll play in the NFL with words on a wall at that moment. But the more I start thinking about it, the more I start at the self-reflection part, the words find a way pop into my head. And here's what those words did to me on that day. First of all, they changed my mindset. They changed my energy and they inspired me to do one thing that everybody can do no matter what your circumstance is. I don't care if it's a deadline, a goal, a dream, a challenge. Do something about it. Yep. Do something about your circumstance. Now, I clearly didn't know what to do. But I was excited and I was energized because my mindset had shifted. I got excited about doing something. And those words, they inspired action on that day, but they sent me on a journey. And that journey continues to this day. Like I said, those words still resonate with me. They sit on my wall in my office back home. I look at them every day. They inspire the same thing, action. No matter what I'm dealing with and what, um, what my challenge is, what my goal might be, do something about the circumstance. And the reason, I mean, I appreciate Paul having me on and the people that, I um, mean, the relationships that you have is that I'm a product of a lot of people. People challenge me, people have inspired me. Without other people, I'm not find hope in people. Without it, well, I don't know if I had a lot to share with you. You know, so I'm grateful for people that see things like this, that, you know, I've heard people go, but I want to change their mind. And I'm like, boy, that's, that's actually impossible. I don't think anybody can change another person's mind. Yep. That person could change their mind. So the best thing you could possibly do to somebody is open their mind. Just give them an, an opportunity to open their mind and, and look at something new, a new mindset, a new habit, a new approach, a new way to look at things. And that's why self-reflection, I think, is so important. Why I've done it and learned to do it is that that's how we grow. It's how we evolve. Sometimes we have to adjust 
reset things and recounter. But the bottom line is there's something that has to change. I don't think self-reflection against, let me rephrase that. Self-reflection is not the chance to make excuses. You know, that's, yeah. you're doing that, you're wasting your time. Yep. Okay. Nobody's ever garnered success by doing that. You point fingers, you cast blame, you make excuses. You're going to be doing that over and over and over. It's going to be a repeat habit. You go nowhere at that. It's when you can accept that, hey, there's more to do, or I need to look at this or take that challenge on and then try something different. And sometimes it's a stay the course. You're doing the right thing. So 100%. It's not, it's not always negative. And I don't think any of those things actually are negative. It's, it's, it's the way you grow and evolve. And those words have helped me do that in, in many ways and have done so many things that I'm grateful for. They're pillars. And when I get asked to speak, people, I, I got asked this one time. I've never been asked this. I don't know if you have, Paul. They go, what's your goal? I'm like, I've never been asked that before. Um, then I'm like, well, actually, my goal is always the client's goal. You know, whatever they've outlined is kind of, I'm going to build on that. But then I, I thought a little deeper on it. And I'm like, well, actually, no, I do have a goal. You know, I said, here's, here's my goal. When I get done speaking, if they're talking about me, I did a bad job. But if they're talking about themselves and thinking about themselves, then I did a good job. My message has really been about, because so many people have, I'm a product of so many people. How can I share that, give that back, open people's mind, get them excited about what they possess and things. And sometimes in life, you forget that, you know, you wander down and you keep this narrow channel and yep. you get stuck in that rut. And sometimes you need to get knocked out of it or helped out of it. And no doubt. You might have that opportunity to do that. And um there's been many times that that's happened for me. And so to help other people is, I just think, one of the most empowering things that um, I'm able to do. To win Monday and beyond, we all know that confidence is the Annie to play. And I want to help. So if you haven't already, head over to my website and take your very own confidence quiz and walk away knowing one to a hundred where your confidence stands. You'll also receive a free guide to the 12 keys of building unshakable confidence. You can find it at paulepsteinspeaks.com backslash confidence dash quiz, or just head over to paulepsteinspeaks.com and you'll find confidence quiz in the main nav bar. With that, let's get back into the conversation. Yeah, it's truly a blessing. And like you said, depending on whether they're thinking about themselves or you, and the goal is to kind of hand them the baton, you're basically empowering people to find their own way. It's not about finding Merrill's way. Merrill's got to worry about Merrill, no. right? Yep. You got to serve yourself in order to serve others. And we all kind of know that mask analogy. But I'll tell you, man, one thing that really jumps out at this, and this is a beautiful segue into really applying this for every member of our Win Monday community here is there's this obsession with action. And I totally vibe with that because one of my philosophies is that life is nothing more than a game of decisions and actions. Show me the quality of your decisions. Show me the quality of your actions. And those are both decisions you made or didn't make, right? Indecision is a silent killer. Actions that you took or didn't take, you audit those things. And you're probably going to have a reflection back on the quality of your current state. That doesn't mean things can't change, doesn't mean things can't improve, but basically life is a game of decisions and action. So here's where I want to bring this next. If we want to double click on action, I don't think anybody would debate to you or I that action and taking action is critical to achieving goals, overcoming adversity, obstacles. 
So then my question to you is, so what gets in the way? Like, why is there such paralysis in the world? Why is there so much inaction when nobody would argue that action is critical to success? What's getting in the way? Well, I, I think it's the most powerful tool that we have. That's the thing that works for us or against us. And that's why when I speak, like, does your mind control you or do you control your mind? That's honestly where it, it sits for all of us. I'll go back to that day that I put that goal up. Well, when I would tell everybody what I was going to do, one of four things was always said to me, always said, oh my gosh, you know how hard that is? Do you know what the odds of you playing in the NFL are? Son, don't put all your eggs in one basket. We wouldn't want you to be disappointed one day or it was impossible. And now this is why I probably see things through a child's eyes more than most because the people who were supposed to encourage me were the first ones to discourage me. But then it speaks to resiliency and the value of resiliency and where young people usually are resilient. That could never phase me. I never was bothered by that until that moment where I put that goal up because I started revisiting it. And I didn't realize at that time, it's the first exercise I ever had with it where my mind controlled me. My mind is just flooding me. Now, the worst find way, I, I, I do mention that they, they inspired action. And that was critical. It's always critical. But it, it did one more thing for me on that day and still does to me. I now controlled my mind. Hmm. I was now in charge. And that's where I try to get people to understand. It's like, okay, you're in charge. I use an Aristotle quote. You know, I told it how it sent me on a journey. One of the first things I find in my journey is a quote by Aristotle. I stumble across Aristotle by accident. I don't know who Aristotle is. Even when I speak, I tell you, <laughs> when I'm talking to a lot of my teammates, they're like, what? Wait a minute. When do you, when do you read Aristotle? I'm like, okay, listen, completely get it. I don't know how I stumble across it, but I'm a C student. So I'm looking for Walter Payton too, by the way. So, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, Payton P is over here. A is over here. And that's what tells you how a C student could do that <laughs> by accident. And until this day, I always say, I don't know why I chose to read the things he had written. But honestly, the more I read, the more interested I become. And then it hits me. The quote that ends up being a, a pillar, a foundation of my journey, which answers this question. And it's powerful. If you think about it and you, and you read it over and over again, you are what you repeatedly do. Then excellence is not an act, but a habit. You are what you repeatedly do. Now, that should be a powerful thing, okay? Because yes. you're in charge of that. You're in control of that. That's a choice everybody gets to make. What kind of patterns do I want to develop? What kind of mindset do I want to create? And then I learned this from Walter Payton in my years playing in Chicago. But it was actually a tape that I bought about him. And he was asked what makes him better than everybody else. And he said, as profound as I've ever heard a human being say it, by the way, he said, I want it more than they do. But then he followed up with this. I want it more than they do every day of the week. When I go run that dirt hill at 7 o'clock in the morning, every off season, I want it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday more than they do. During the season when there's not 65,000 fans in the stand and you don't see that glory and those touchdowns and the three hours of Sundays, I want it more than they Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then he looked at the interviewer and he goes, then at 1 o'clock is the only time you get to see me. He goes, you better believe I want it more than they do. And when I saw that as a kid, think about that. Now, that's a mindset. Totally. That is a pure choice. This does not apply to just sports. It can apply to anything. The real power in it is not wanting it. Well, you, everybody wants it. Is it every day? Okay. That means when it, when it doesn't work for you, when it's not working for you, when it is hard. And when you develop that mindset, you develop that uh, habit and that pattern to approach things like that. 
Well, then when the tough day comes around, man, you plow right through. it. Yeah. Those tough days are less arduous. You learn to plow through them. And so they're less encumbersome on deterring you. Doesn't mean you're not going to have them. You're still going to have them. But it just makes it easier to plow through them. You start to have that, that tool and that pattern and you apply it. And when it becomes a part of your makeup, boy, it's just easier to attack things with. And I just, I've yet, you have yet to see a bad thing come from that, that resilient approach, that mindset. Yep. And what I think, I know what it did for me. And I think a lot of people can die, identify with this. You know, I, got, I get asked this, like, has there ever been a goal you didn't achieve? And I, I remember the first time I got asked that, I'm like, hmm. No, everyone that I've ever went after, if I didn't get there to it, I learned something yep. on the journey. And I ultimately, when I talk about self-reflecting, at the end of it, I open myself up and I ask myself this question, did you do your part? And when I can say yes to that, wherever that result is, I tell people, have peace with that. That's all, that's all you can ask of yourself. There's so many things you don't control on the journey. And that's where I talk about, you know, that's empowerment. You know, if you want to be empowered, you know, you take control of those things that you have, you're responsible for, you make the most out of them. And don't, you, you just mentioned a, a second ago about, you know, the judgment aspect of things. Okay. Yep. That's a waste of time. If you can't walk on water, don't even try it. Okay. Just don't even try it. Cause that, <laughs> and if you think you can walk water, try it out, try it first, make sure you can before that you think there's value in that. There's no value. But if you can look at yourself in the mirror and go, gosh, dang it, I get everything I had. I got everything out of my God-given ability. And I think the biggest lesson for me on that was when my NFL career ended. It ended prematurely, and it ended in an abrupt manner. I mean, I had improper care of head trauma ended my career. Okay. Yep. I talk about point fingers, cast blame, and make excuses. I was that guy. I was laying on a couch. I had no purpose. I was an absolute mess on the darkest days of my life. And every day I got up, I pointed fingers, cast a and make, made excuses. I was angry at that doctor. How could you make that mistake? I'm in the middle of a season. Now I have nothing. My purpose is over. Something I've been doing for 22 years, over. I mean, I just could give you a litany of how I was living. And it wasn't until that I took ownership that where I'm going from here is on me. Getting off that couch is on me. Now, I'm going to need some help. That's, I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to be done easy. And it doesn't mean that it, I'm just going to walk off that couch now and nothing, everything's going to work out smoothly. That's not the case. But it has to start somewhere. And what it did, it gave me, first of all, a couple of things. It, it gave me peace. It gave me freedom. It ended a cycle. And it gave me a chance to restart and learn. And like I told you, those words have helped me live a dream and fight to live in a lot of in between. Here's where they come into play again take an action, do something about my circumstances. As much as I don't want to move on and go to another chapter in my life, at some point I knew I wasn't going to play football forever. So I was 30 years old, that's still young to retire. There's a lot of things still to do. I had planned to do some things. It just wasn't on the time I had scheduled it. Well, I think everybody can identify there's a lot of things that don't happen on your time. Totally. And it was just a great learning lesson of how I had to transition and and taking ownership was the first step in it. Once I did that, and I put those things to bed, I stopped pointing fingers, making excuses, and casting blame. That became eliminated. Things started to move in the right direction. Yeah, you know. And I did get help from other people. I remember I returned a call to Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan had reached out to me because I was working in broadcasting, and he knew that I was going into that avenue. And he reached out, and 
I was so miserable and nasty. I didn't return that call. Think about that. Think how moronic that is, huh. you know, cause I'm, I'm feeling sorry for myself, you know, and I'm angry and bitter and doing all those toxic things like drinking poison and hoping everybody else dies. You know I mean? And I made that call. I, I take a ride to Illinois. I, somebody, uh, a friend of mine took me to Illinois, Champaign, Illinois, to watch Michigan, Illinois, and watch the broadcast team work and get, get behind the scenes. How many people have done that in their lives? You guy got that access. And think, think of this. I'm laying on the couch ignoring it. Just how foolish I am. You know, just, but what I'm saying is once I took ownership, that freedom changed, and then things changed. Yeah. You know, I was ending a cycle, I was putting it away. And that action part of doing things, took me to my next journey and my next task, you know, my next chapter of my life. And um, without that, I'm still on a couch and we all know that that doesn't end well. Yeah. No. And that journey took from ESPN and now the the post playing days where I, I could argue this, and this might be a very bold statement, but I could say, given the physical stage that you're on, but more importantly, to me, it's a platform of impact. You, Meryl, today in how you step into each day and and your voice and your message and how you really empower folks to find a way, this could be the greatest opportunity of them all. Like you've been in the NFL, you've been in some of the top media companies, but like this opportunity to change lives and leave people in places better than you found them. Like we're lucky. Yeah. No, Paul. You know, folks, folks in our shoes, folks in our shoes, like we get a lot of compliments and a lot of standing O's or whatever. Like I feel like the lucky one. I feel like the grateful one, but here's where I want to shift us. You started off saying, the question of, are you doing your part? Then you talked about Walter Payton, his quote about uh, really just action and the power of habit. Then you said more about ownership. And this will resonate with our Win Monday community because we, we say there's three table stakes that really you need. This is the ante to play the game of life, if you will. Awareness, ownership, and intention. And whether we've used those words, whether you've said some of those you said directly, others you've inferred, but really you talked about self-reflection. I, I heard you with one of my good buddies, Eric Brooker, on his podcast talk about uh, the power of self-evaluation. To me, that's, that's EQ. That's awareness. You talked about ownership today. And intention is the actions and the habits that follow. So all of this, the through line that I try to uh, pull this thread out is around confidence. You've struggled with so many things from A, as a kid being told you couldn't do something, that dream, that goal, to B, then building your playing career, but it ended abruptly. And we all know the medical side of that. You've been very vocal and passionate about your views there, which, which are amazing. Battling through cancer, everything else. like You have every excuse in the book to have stayed on that couch for many reasons, but your confidence, your perseverance push you through. So for somebody that may find themselves right now, not in the most confident state of mind, literally somebody's listening in right now and their mentality is not in the right spot. Maybe they're on that couch that you were once on. How can they build themselves back up and eventually become the most confident version of themselves? Well, it's a great question because I'll give you a story that actually explains the value of doing something initially that is positive. Okay. Now it might be a baby step here. Sure. I was doing the draft. It was shortly after I was, I was kind of middle of my treatment. I was worried to death on how I was going to go on national tent on national television bald. I'm telling you, I couldn't sleep at nights. I made a deal with Reebok to wear a hat 
And then I talked to ESPN because you had to get authorization to you know, put anything on <laughs> that. And they okayed that for me. No. Okay. I go to dinner with, with my producer. He said, I can, can we have, can we have dinner? Jay, my producer, Jay, he was like, can we have dinner with you? And I'm like, sure. I don't know why he wants to have dinner, but let's have dinner. And we ordered and they looked at me and he said, what are you hiding? And I was like, what do you mean? What am I hiding? What do you mean? What am I hiding? He goes, Meryl, I've been watching how you attack in this thing. Why do you want to hide on national television? Why are you going to hide? Why are you wearing a hat? And I really thought, I was like, gosh, dang it. You know what? You're right. Gosh, dang it. You're right. Right now, I got a problem because I got to call Reebok and tell them I can't wear their hats, so they're bums. <laughs> but we put it out in front of the table. Actually, in my intro video, there's the hat sitting there. I always talk to people. No, most people don't see it, but that was my consolation to doing the hats. And I'm grateful for that challenge. When I talk about hoping people, okay, here's a, a guy who, get, who challenged me, and I'm so glad he challenged me because I was hiding. Well, there was a lady... I would meet her about five years later. She ran the Gary player. She worked for Gary player and she ran his golf tournament, which I went to. So five years later, I go to this tournament that she invites me to. And when she, she shares with me, she goes, I was laying on a couch feeling sorry for myself. She was battling cancer too. Let me buy Let me add that to it. She was going through a lot of things I had been through and was going through. She was in the same mindset that I just mentioned previously. Her dad came in, flipped the television on, turned the channel and she goes, He's doing the same thing. He's going through the same thing you are. Get off the couch. And she said, man, it just hit me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now, okay, you can say that, okay? People that might be listening that are on the couch right now, okay? Yeah. I granted, we are saying that. They're the ones. When I talk about ownership, that, that is where you have to look inside your soul and say, okay, you know what? I have a responsibility in this. And that first responsibility is to get off the couch. And it might be, it might be call somebody that can help you. Yep. Return a call that you need to return. Okay. And maybe just search for somebody that might need, but do something. And that start right there. It has to start there. That's what has to take place. I was helping the government actually doing a program with the military that came in. And when they when I met with them, that was the first thing I established. I said, listen, if we cannot create ownership in this thing, we go nowhere. We can create the greatest. We can create the great. Create the greatest program in the history of programs. If they do not want to do it, we go nowhere. Yep. They have to take some ownership in this. Okay. And see, ownership is not you're wrong. Ownership is I'm done with that. I'm not letting that affect me anymore. They're done affecting me. Whatever's been wrong to you that you had no control over, be done with it. Because the more you harbor that and say on that couch, they're winning every day. They're doing it to you every day. And it's till you realize that, that they're done with it. That cycle's over. And I'm going to break a chain. And I'm not going to pass it on. And I'm not going to live like that. Once you get that mindset rolling, that is when great things can happen and powerful things can happen. But the person has to realize that. They have that initial step. And then, you know, hopefully that they come across and reach out and find some people that can really help those next steps. Uh, you know, that, yeah. that is important. And it's not going to be easy. You're not going to get off the couch. You never want to get back there. Okay, you're probably going to get off for two minutes and go, well, I want to go back there. Okay, I get it because I understand that. Been there a couple different times in my life. So I understand the, the battle. I understand the war. But I also understand the power of this thing right here. Yeah. And that the more that we feed it, what you want. That's why I still write things down where I start and end my day. See them every day. 
It's a reminder of where I'm going and what I'm doing. It is Aristotle every day. We are what we repeatedly do. You develop that. You, you, you pattern that. It becomes you. Boy, I tell you this. The tough days are less arduous. They just still exist, but they ain't like they ain't like they used to be. Yeah. I love it, brother. And two things, and then we'll close out with the final question here around this concept of we are what we repeatedly do. Before we get there, though, beautiful story, high impact story. And when you said the word they, I want to talk to that person right now that may have heard that and maybe physically or metaphorically, you're on the couch. And we've all been there. Meryl shared his. A lot of you know my backstory. Been there. I'm talking to you right now. And I'm saying sometimes they is not another person. Sometimes they is you. Sometimes they is your own mind. Sometimes they are these internal obstacles that we just need to untangle this web, you know, and, and, and just drive a little bit more clarity and focus and intentionality. And to Merrill's point, and I love that you didn't give us a big swing of the bat here, bro, because I genuinely believe that there's this compounding effect of good actions, good deeds, good habits. And so in your example, maybe it is calling somebody else, but regardless of what it is, it's a small action. And then if you do that on Monday and you do it again on Tuesday, you do it again on Wednesday, you do it again, like money can compound, so can this power of will and fortitude. So I just wanted to call that out there. I would actually suggest, as they say, if you're trying to do some weight loss program, don't try to go run the marathon the next day. It's, hey, the night before I'm going to put my shoes and my clothes right next to bed. So that small act could be the first of infinite that get you in that healthier space. Love the spirit of Win Monday? Then join the Win Monday community an elite personal and professional development tribe of like-minded and like-hearted people, just like you and I, ready to attack the week and level up. To learn more, you can find it all at paulepsteinspeaks.com backslash win dash Monday, or just head to paulepsteinspeaks.com and you'll find Win Monday community in the main nav bar. Let's get back to the show. So Meryl, for you, last question here. You are what you repeatedly do. So we're looking for a parting word of advice. In the spirit of winning Monday, we believe that we win one day, one decision, one action at a time. What parting advice would you have on how every single person listening in can win on Monday? I think the value in it is enormous. When I say reflection, I literally mean, you know, when you can do it, and I do it most of the time in a mirror, which is you, okay? Because you're the judge and the jury, okay? You have an opportunity to check in on yourself. And it's a great way to check in on yourself, just see where you are, you know, and where you're going and what you want to do. It's just a reminder. And like I said, it's not a chance to start making excuses. Okay, that's not what self-reflection is about. That's a way to shut that down. You're going to make, it's about making changes at that point if they need to be made and just being truthful with yourself. You know, and not letting anybody have anybody weigh in on that. This is nobody's business. That's why you can't lie to yourself. You can try to lie to yourself, but you know you're lying to yourself. So the truth serum is real when you do that, you know, and that's when you find out, hey, listen, maybe sometimes the question is, I just don't want it that bad. Yeah. Okay. That's that's okay. But if you accept that, you know, don't beat yourself up because you've accepted that. That's where it is with you. But that's your moment, you know, where, you know, is there more there? 
I just think the greatest thing one can ever do for themselves to find utter peace is to get everything out of their God-given ability. And wherever that ends, whatever that takes you, man, have peace with that. Have absolute confidence and peace in that. You might be the best in the history of the world, but you might and you but you might not. But you've got everything out of your God-given ability. And I'll give you just an example of that. I tried to be Walter Payton. I love Walter Payton. When my career got done, go ahead and Google his statistics, my statistics. All right. <laughs> but here's what here's what I have peace with. And I, it took me a while to come to this because I beat myself up for years for the way my career ended. I talked about that moment. Like it didn't just ha- end the day I got off the couch. It took a long time, almost five years okay, battling, you know, getting better every day. But it was before I went to cover the Super Bowl in Atlanta, the, the one that Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl in, by the way. And I hated that because it was the one thing that I never accomplished that I loved and wanted to do more than anything. I wanted to win a Super Bowl. That's all I cared about. That's all I worked for. And I used to beat myself up because I never accomplished that. And it was the day I was leaving to go there that I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, okay, what more could you have done? Mm. And I'm looking in the mirror and it's like, it's just like this joy and peace, this relief. And I'm like, I got everything out of my God-given ability. I got the most out of it. I did my part. I finally had people. I had the greatest Super Bowl time because I used to go to those Super Bowls covered for a week, and it was the longest seven days of my life. It was the fastest, most enjoyable seven days of my life. I had peace. I'm like, what more could I? Teams win championships. No one individual wins a championship. I'm like, I did my part. I got everything out of my God-given ability. And when you can say that in life, that's – I tell you this, you know, when you do this and you work on the personal things in your life, nobody's going to hand you a trophy and go, great job. but you can be rewarded. You can be rewarded with things like peace and joy and happiness. Amen. Okay. That's better than award, you know, and, and success too. And have peace with that. And, and I just don't think there's any greater peace. And it's not a consolation going, well, you know, that's a way to, no, it's not. You know how much talent. I, I didn't have Walter Payton's God-given abilities, but gosh dang, I got everything out of mine as he got everything out of his. Yep. So, if you can be honest with yourself from that in that position and go, I did my part. I got everything out of my God-given ability. That's a great, great peace. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything greater than having peace and joy and happiness and being confident in where you ended up and how you did it. Hell yeah, man. And look, there's two scoreboards in life. What you just said is that's winning the inner scoreboard, right? Like the world's going to, your LinkedIn profile is going to show a lot of the outer scoreboard. There's the trophies and the achievements and all the accolades. But I don't know, man, like, and you know this to be true, Meryl, because we've been around a lot of folks. When our time is called physically and there's a stone waiting for us, I'd rather be winning that inner game. You know, I, I want to go with joy, with peace, with happiness, with true fulfillment. I want to live a life of purpose and impact and changing people's lives. And you know what? If you do those things, then all of the success and the significance, it's going to come. But I, I think a message for our Win Monday Nation is win that inner scoreboard the outer scoreboard will take care of itself. So with that, Meryl, thank you, brother. This has been a a treasure trove of just gems and wisdom. So uh, just love to continue the journey. Parting piece here for our entire community. Where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Well, I think the best way is just merylhodge.com. That's my website. And that really anything else like that um, on Instagram or LinkedIn is where I really emphasize, you yep. know, but I'm on Twitter and Facebook too. So I have all of those platforms and it's just Merrill Hodge, M-E-R-R-I-L. My ancestors don't know how to spell. So it's only one L <laughs> no D no D and Hodge. I mean, and I don't even want to throw my middle name in and then screw that one up too, but it's just Merrill Hodge, one L 
no Dean Hodge. I love it. That'd be a great way to do it. Yeah. And we'll put it all in the show notes. So from the bottom of our hearts, Merrill, thank you so much for being on Win Monday. My pleasure, Paul. Thanks for having me, pal. Another fire episode of the Win Monday podcast is in the books. If you gain value from today's conversation, don't forget to subscribe and share it as we grow our Win Monday nation together. Until the next time, let the rest of the world fantasize about Friday. You and I, we choose to win Monday. Yeah.